Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our 100th episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. Hey, Jim, it is really good to be with you today. Can't believe this is 100. That's a big number. We made it. You worked hard for two years to become an overnight success. <laughs> Here we are. And I think our listeners, if you're listening and not watching, you can hear that there's some other voices on the podcast today. So uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? And uh, because we brought friends along to talk a little bit more about the, the last hundred episodes and kind of as, as if everybody in the audience, we, we found the best representatives of everybody in the audience to talk about the last hundred episodes and what Converge has done for you and your life and your ministry. And so uh, why don't you guys take, take turns, introduce yourselves to our audience and tell us a little bit about yourselves. Cool. I'll start. My name is Ben Vey and I am the lead pastor at the Gateway Church in Ferrysburg, Michigan, which is the Grand Haven Spring Lake area. And I have been serving here almost 15 years. Next month, it'll be 15 years. Boom. You look so young. So young. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Which one of the mics wants to go next? I'm Mike Montgomery. I pastor here in Shelby Township, uh, Michigan, pastor Shelby Bible Church. And uh, we've been here four years. Uh, Previous to that, we pastored in Ohio for 13 years. And uh, so we've been here four years getting used to the area. And thankful for the opportunity to be here with you guys today. That leaves our last guest. Uh, My name is Mike Hauser. I'm the lead pastor at Holland First Assembly of God in Holland, Michigan. I've been there, uh, in fact, this December. I will be here 15 years. It does fly. I have something in common. We kind of came on at the same time at both of our churches. And like uh, they've also echoed, it is an honor to be a part of your big day, 100 uh, podcasts. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think this is probably a good time to put in our disclaimer, John, the views expressed by our guests are not necessarily those of Converge or its management. For those of you who are watching by video, you may notice there's uh, some sort of propaganda with a big O uh, in, in behind uh, Pastor Hauser here. So we're going to, it just it just goes to prove that, that Converge still has work. There's still a mission field of people that need to be reached. Amen. So we'll turn is it over to, our, to our, our, our guru here, our, our mentor, John Opaluski. Take it away. Hey guys, uh, thanks so much for being a part of this special day, uh, this special session. Uh, Appreciate each one of you, uh, the relationships that we have, uh, the trust that we built with each other. And uh, we chose you guys because uh, you you guys are probably some of our most consistent listeners uh, to the podcast. And uh, so uh, we wanted to ask you, Jim and I were interested to hear from each one of you, you know, what was one of your favorite podcasts? And, uh, and then maybe why it was your favorite podcast. So in no particular order, guys, um, take it away. You know, I, I, I look at uh, back at the list of podcasts the other day, just to kind of refresh my mind of the ones I'd listened to. And um, you've actually done a few podcasts on alignment mm-hmm. um, over the time that you've been doing it. But early on, six and seven, and uh, those ones on alignment just are a refresher in my mind of getting clear on why we're doing what we're doing and then streamlining everything in line with that. And it's, it's been an ongoing process in our church, but it's, it's actually just listening into it again the other day to refresh my mind was just an encouragement again of just keeping the main things, the main things, the main things, the plain things. Mm. And very helpful. I actually, uh, I actually have three. I hope that's okay. That's fine. Uh, 
Yeah. The, the ones that come to mind and yesterday I was just uh, kind of putting them in order. Um, but I agree with what uh, Mike said there, the simple yet amazing power of alignment with that you gave what is known as the three big ideas mm -hmm. and you talked on those. And then I think the following week you came back in with the same, uh, same general thing, but then you gave five components right. and um, our staff really, really like that. And then probably because it's the most recent, um, your podcast this past week was phenomenal leadership and words. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, we all, we all know that words are important. Um, but you guys both had a way of, of talking about how our words do matter. Not only, you know, you know, from the letter of James saying the power of life and death is in the tongue and so forth, but when we're going through hard times to really be careful and watch our words. And you gave, I think four or five action points of how we can be better with our words. And I know we went around, um, the staff after our podcast and we probably had our greatest dialogue out of all the podcasts we've done. Wow. We, we've listened to with you guys um, just because it's so relative to what we're going through because everybody now with COVID-19, everything, we all have an opinion. So our words are many and um, mm. they helped me. So I, yeah, I, that's probably the one that uh, the alignment ones were awesome, but your recent one just uh, knocked it out of the park. Interesting. Mike, uh, this past week I met with John Opaluski and a staff member. And then after I met, I listened to the words one as well. And John, I was thinking I could have avoided a trip to Lansing just by listening to that podcast. Am I right? I think I think so. I actually yeah. think so. You're, that's true. And so that was a good one. For me, uh, I have you know, I didn't look back at any of the podcasts. I was just, you know, thinking off the top of my head. Um, in preparation for this, that there have been a few about staff relations and how, what does a, a staff member need from the lead, and then what do the what does the lead need from the staff? I think those were probably some of my favorite. Yeah, you know, one of the things that guys that we've been hearing a lot lately um, is how hard it is to uh, build a staff. And then to maintain a healthy staff that it really truly is one of the biggest challenges uh, of being a lead pastor. I don't know if you guys would agree with that, um, but you know, what, 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 I mean, what do you guys think about that? I've just been hearing a ton of that. Would you say I to that or nay to that? Yes. <laughs> All in favor. I. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <clears throat> Yeah. So as far as the, the challenges go, I mean, this is, this is a great opportunity uh, to ask, you know, serving leaders right now, like what, what, what's the biggest challenge that you are facing right now as a pastor? I, I'll take that real quick. Um, yeah. It's happened to us is uh, we're in Holland and um, uh, West Michigan. And so we uh, we've been doing two services now for about six years. Um, just because the need was there for two services, our parking lot, and the 80, uh, the 80 percent rule and so forth. Um, COVID has changed a lot of that for us. Um, we have about 65 percent of our people back. We still probably have about 35 percent that aren't back. But the thing was recently we met as a staff when we talked in our staff meeting. And the, the common theme that kept coming up from all the pastors was my area is lacking volunteers. Um, and the volunteer base took a huge hit. And so some of the volunteers that committed to stay through, especially in our, um, our, our children's ministry area, 
is probably our biggest area in the church. And uh, we had people working every week, every Sunday, both Sundays, uh, or both morning services uh, for like 16 months. And the, uh, our children's pastor pretty much had about 50% of her volunteers step down. Um, still watching online, but did not feel, you know, like they wanted to serve. So as a result of that, you know, here's what I did. I talked with my staff, I talked with my board, and I said, you know, attendance-wise, we could still do two services, but I'm going to burn the volunteers we have now. I'm going to burn them out, and we're going to have no one. And so we decided as a staff to, um, to come back and do one service for a year and really to rebuild our volunteer base and that are tired, get them healthy, try to raise up some more. We're going to evaluate after six months to see how we're doing. Um, but it'll probably be a year that we're going to stay with one service. And then we hope to get back to two. Um, but it really wasn't the attendance part. It was just a lack of volunteers. Right. Would, would the other two say that's the most significant thing? Or is there something else that's more significant than that that you're, you're facing right now? Yeah, I, I definitely think there is um, um, a strain on volunteers. Ours comes from a little different perspective. We were doing one service prior to COVID, and it seems as almost COVID hit the accelerator for us uh, mm-hmm. in the speed of ministry. And what we had to do, we, we had to switch. We went to two services to allow distancing and space, right. and then we've made maintained those. Um, and so then I think making those changes has kind of surfaced the things in our church that says, what are the things that are just churchianity and they're not really fundamental to what we do and that have to be set aside so that we can keep doing the main things uh, and keeping the the heart and the mission of the church online while we ride this accelerated pace. I I kind of feel like, you know, having been here for uh, 12 months when COVID hit as the lead pastor, and then we hit the gas uh, or hit the brakes rather, and there was nothing happening. And, uh, you know, I was preaching to an empty auditorium for 12 weeks. Somebody asked me if that was hard. And I'm like, now the first five years of ministry will practice for that. So, <laughs> but, but I, um, but then I, I, you know, then we came back from that and it's just been, it, it's almost like the church advanced five years in time. And um, it's, a, it's an odd thing. So just keeping that without throwing the baby out with the bathwater, clarifying what we have to keep. And that's been the, the wrestling match. Right. What about you, Ben? What's, what's the biggest challenge that your area is facing as, as, as churches? Yeah. So volunteerism is definitely an issue. Uh, I think what comes to my mind is overall confidence uh, for me as a leader. And there's, you know, I've been second guessing myself uh, more than ever. Uh, unfortunately, and I know it's it's not right. I know that we have, you know, a great you know heavenly Father that loves us and and uh, supports us and you know, you know helps us through. Uh, but uh, it's been a disruptive season. I lost three staff members in 2020. Wow. I lost wow. some key board board people, and uh, and that we're still you know somewhat licking our wounds because of that. And you know, really coming into the fall. And, uh, and just really trusting that God has a plan and uh, then, you know, putting that plan into practice. Um, I think the confidence is probably where I have the most challenge. Yeah. Could I say amen to that? Because I, I feel like it's just been a year, two years of hard decisions. And, yeah. Uh, 
and you you find yourself second guessing. So I now we see like hard decisions, Mike. What what makes the decisions harder than than a normal decision? I think I know the answer to this, but when you say hard decisions, why well, why are they hard? Nobody's going to be happy with the decision you make. Period. You That's know. it. Uh, That's and it. it's more divided than ever. So yes, yeah. You you're always going to have five or ten ten percent of people that don't like it, uh, and you lead through that. But when your church seems almost 50-50 on it, it makes it hard. Can I say one quick thing? I know there's other yeah. things that uh, we'll talk about, but just real quick. One of the things where you're having to kind of adjust on the fly, it seems like that's yeah. magnified right now. And one thing we did, we decided um, that we did live stream. You know, we had never done live stream before. We always put our sermons out on the different social media platforms by Sunday evening. But when right. we literally overnight to go live stream, that has grown and that's been wonderful. Mm -hmm. Got to a point where people were using the live stream, and I hate to say this, but they were using it as an excuse. Mm -hmm. And there were some that they might not even be watching it on Sunday. They might watch it here or there, you know, the rest of the week, whatever. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to continue. Even though we had a lot of people that didn't even attend Holland first watching our live stream, we thought, you know, we're gonna we're gonna cancel that and we're gonna get people to come back. Well. After about two weeks of that, I started realizing I had made the wrong decision <laughs> because there are some people that are like, hey, I, I really want to watch, but you know, you've taken that. And so once again, we adjusted on the fly and we said, we're going to live streams uh, because I do know that it's a, a time where you can't be set in stone right now. Everything's fluid. Yep. And so, uh, starting this Sunday, we're back to live stream as well as in person. So, yeah. And you know, you know, Mike, I just appreciate your willingness to adapt uh, quickly. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think as leaders, we make a decision and, and if it's not going the way we want it to go, uh, if we're insecure, we think, well, that's egg on my face, right? I look bad because I made a decision and it didn't work out. And I just appreciate that your willingness to say, Hey, that's not working. We're, we're pivoting, uh, uh quickly. And I, and I think if anything, COVID taught you us. A so you had a podcast on that too, the art of pivoting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we did a podcast on the art of pivoting, right? Like being able to adjust on the fly, I think has really been one of the characteristics of, of churches that have actually survived this whole last 18 months that you've been able to adapt quickly and Hey, this isn't working. We're going to make a change. This is working. We're going to put gas on that. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, Mike, you brought up the, the whole digital experience. Um, and we did a podcast, I think we did a podcast, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago on how digital is helping and hurting the local yeah. church. And digital has some things that it's really doing well for us. But I do think that there are some things that it's not helping us with. And uh, one of the things it's not helping us with is isolation. And, yeah. and it's impossible to duplicate the gathering experience that's the, that public gathering experience. It's impossible to duplicate that digitally. Yeah. You know, there's just, but at the same time, it allows people who can't get there. It allow, it allows people when I was on vacation, I was listening to uh, the live stream. My wife and I were listening to the live stream. And so we were in the middle of a, ser a teaching series. And so it allowed for continuity. So it, you know, it really is, been a fascinating 18 months uh, for us. Uh, and I think we could spend the entire rest of our podcast talking about challenges. Um, the ones that Jim and I hear the most are uh, we need to rebuild our serve teams. 
uh, or I'm having problems keeping staff or the staff that I do have, you know, we're struggling to get them to uh, up their game. Uh, those are, those are uh, some of the ones that we are hearing over and over and over again. And so uh, thank you for being transparent with that guys. We really, really appreciate it. I, I wanted to ask you this question. This, this probably is a selfish one, but um, I think you know me well enough that you'll allow me a little bit of selfishness. Um, I'm curious how leading from alignment, the podcast is helping the church you lead. Now you, you, you did mention a few, a little bit of that earlier, but I'm wondering, you know, how, how is it helping your church as a whole? I just listen to your podcast and then plagiarize them. And it's It's called research. Yeah. Michael, take that offline, I guess. (laughs) Passing them on to friends. uh, Mm. John, you've been a, you've been a help, not just to me personally, but then sending uh, friends to you that were in a crisis in ministry and then being able to step up and hear some uh, wisdom from you and help them through a season. And then uh, you've been to our church and, and walked our uh, volunteer team through some training. Um, we, we did a crazy thing of launching growth groups in the middle of COVID and, uh, and you helped us do that. So, you know, those are the, some of the things that I think has been just a major help. And of course your personal friendship uh, has been greatly blessing to me, which I think in turn blesses our church too. Awesome. For me, uh, John and uh, Jim, you guys are a voice in my life that I have, uh, tailored, you know, to, it's part of my goals to, uh, have the leading from alignment, uh, a part of my week. And I look forward to it Tuesdays and it's a, it's a shot in the arm. And like, uh, Mike Montgomery was saying, I have sent, uh, you know, these podcasts to other friends and encouraged and, and then of course use them with our staff at times as well. And so I'm just, you know, really grateful and, you know, to hear you know, Jim, you know, share, uh, in his creative, you know, illustrations, uh, you know, every week, uh, it, it makes me better. And John, you've got a command on, you know, what you're doing and, uh, have a pulse on pastors and it's a blessing. And so thank you. Yeah, I uh, echo what both have said so far. Um, And the biggest thing that we do, our staff, we meet on Tuesdays at 11 o'clock. We go to about two o'clock. And one of the first things we do after we pray together and one of our staff has a devotional rotation schedule, we always listen to a leadership podcast. And, you know, for several years, we were listening to Craig Rochelle. We like, uh, I like his podcast. Um, there's some other podcasts we were listening to. And then when I heard that you both were launching a podcast, um, we started locking in on that. And I'm not just saying this to make you feel good, even though I pray it does, I hope that hope it does make you feel good. We listen to you guys every week now. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just being honest. I mean, I, we love your, your content. It's phenomenal. The thing that our staff gets a kick out of, and I told you this, John, is I love how you two balance each other out. Mm-hmm. Jim is the guy who has all these quips and quotes that are just incredible. And I'm trying to write them down. I don't know how many times, Jim, we've had to stop the podcast, write it down what you said, because it was so awesome. You, you just, you come up with these things and it's like, whoa. And then, you know, sometimes you'll go like on a rabbit trail. That's awesome. And John kind of steers you back in. <laughs> yes. So we always get a kick out of that. How you, uh, you, and I mean this, you, you balance each other out, yeah. your giftings, 
um, are awesome together. And again, I'm not just saying that to say that uh, you've been a blessing to me. Um, and I mean that as, as a, and, and to my staff and just, uh, you know, just how you care. And I can really tell through your podcast and just the different topics that you discuss. You're, you're talking about relevant things that people, not only churches, but businesses and corporations are going through. And um, boy, you, you guys knock it out of the park every week. And we look forward to each week's content. Just want to say thanks. Um, that's encouraging. That's very yeah, kind. Yeah. Thank you guys for those kind words. And I, I want to give uh, Mike Hauser just a, a little shout out here. Uh, we started doing show notes uh, I, this year and uh, Mike, you were the, uh, you were the genius behind that. You just suggested, Hey, why don't we, why don't you do some show notes to help us with our note taking? And so thank you for that suggestion. It's really been, uh, we get so many clicks on the show notes now because uh, I we, we are able to track that. And so thank you for uh, caring about what we're doing so much that you'd even offer us some advice. We really appreciate that. Right on. So here, here's the last thing we're going to do today. Uh, I mean, we got time, but, but we're going to get into our time machine. We're going to go back in time. We're going to meet ourselves just as our public ministry is starting. So just post-training, post-Bible school. And we're going to have a, we're going to have a quick conversation with our younger selves and we're going to tell us something we're going to need to know. We wish we would have known then. Well, what would you tell the younger you that just starting out in ministry, you, um, you got the time machine, you've got like one or two sentences before you got to get back in your time machine and come back and you want to get their full attention. What would, what would you say to you all those years ago? (laughs) My first thought when I saw that idea was you're not that important. <laughs> and I know I mentioned earlier about confidence, but there is a sense that the older I get, the the understanding that, you know, the Lord uses us in a season and that there's, uh, you know, to, for me personally, uh, to keep my ego at, at bay, uh, if I could turn back time and if I could, if I had the wisdom to listen which is yeah. you know, tough. <laughs> I think I would probably be talking about Bitcoin or <laughs> my ego. <laughs> Just kidding about Bitcoin. It's funny. Now, Mike Hauser, I know you would have chosen a different football team, but anything else you would have changed uh, in, your, <laughs> in your life? I've always had the Buckeyes as my number one teams. I'm originally from there, but no, I would say coming out of Bible college, there are some things that Bible college, the classroom setting cannot teach you. Um, Ministry 101 has to be just something that you learn um, and that you go through. And I would just say the biggest thing for me is, you know, I had an idea of what pastoring would be like because my dad is a retired pastor. My grandfather uh, went home to be with the Lord, but he was a pastor and evangelist for years. So um, raised in church. So I was called at an early age, but coming out of Bible college, you know, you kind of have a thing of how you think it's going to go. Um, I 15 years of youth ministry in three different States. And now I've been here 15. And the biggest thing for me, um, even though it sounds cliche is to realize ministry is fluid. Ministry is also, it is definitely a marathon and it's not yeah. a, it is not for the faint of heart. This might not sound like a very good uh, way to, uh, Uh, talk to somebody that's contemplating the ministry, but this is what I would suggest to them. And I'm, and I mean this, maybe it's a wrong way to look at, but I would tell them, try to do everything else. And if you come back to, that's what you want to do, then you're called to do it because 
it's amazing the dropouts that are happening. And, and I don't say that, uh, um, you know, to be little, but the, uh, men and women are getting out of ministry and you have to know sometimes you during COVID, I had to just know that I was called. Yes. Yeah. I saw people, you know, getting upset with me um, and our staff because they thought we were too COVID, whatever. And then people that thought we weren't too COVID and, uh, and we lost people in my shepherd's heart. It hurt me. I mean, there yes. were yeah. that would weep. I would be like, you know, what can I do differently? Because if I do this, I'm going to offend them. If I do this, I'm going to offend them. And I just realized that God has called me to preach the word and love people and to realize it is a marathon. It's not a, and um, I'm just determined to stay at it. It's been tough, but uh, I know sometimes you just got to know that you're called to do what you're doing. And the thing about it is, it's like these other two guys that are, uh, that uh, I've been friends with Ben for quite a while and glad to meet Mike today. We're all in it together. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you see what's going on, you think it's just happening in your own context, but what's happening all over the nation doesn't mean we'll be like, Oh, praise God. It's happening everywhere else. Not just me, but it's the camaraderie that we as pastors, you know, we are, we're in it together for the long haul. Yeah. Good. So good. What about you, Mike? You know, as I, I thought about that, I, I, there's a lot of things I like to tell myself, but um, I think the main thing is I would want to, I'd want to be clear, clear with me that, you are not defined or valued because of what you do. Mm. Um, there is not, you don't have to be better than everybody else in town to be yeah. a part of the, the work that God's called you to do. And it doesn't make your, uh, the work you're doing less valuable to the big C church and the cause of Christ. Uh, validation is not through the, the buildings we build or the people we have or the amount of money in the bank. Um, the validation, it comes through the one that called us and we're only going to find him in a daily walk in his word. And, uh, I think that's, that's the thing that I could have, um, I probably saved myself a lot of sleepless nights if I had found my validation in Christ sooner. Yeah. And, and John, if I could answer that as well, I, cause I, this one I think is, is near and dear to my heart as we're working with a lot of younger ministers now, as I would say, um, I just look myself right in the eye and say, be every man's servant, but, but only have one master. And the, the, the balance of that, just serve everybody you can, you know, prefer everyone above yourself. That's, that's wonderful. But, but at the end of the day, if everybody thinks you're an idiot and Jesus says, you did it, you did good kid, then I did good. And everybody says, you did good kid. And Jesus says, you're an idiot. I'm an idiot. And so to keep that in, in focus that I, I have one master and, uh, you know, he, he's, he's strongly, strongly affirming Michigan football. And I, and I appreciate that over Ohio state. So, Reason. you know, Reason. I, I was, <laughs> and I was thinking about this, um, this question too. And, uh, I would tell the newly graduated version of myself that, um, there is that you're a three-part being, mm. you have a spirit that part of you that connects to God and you have a body that you need to take care of and you have uh, a, a soul, your emotions and your thinking and your will. And um, all three of those are important. Yeah. And if you want to be in this thing for the long haul, you have to tend to all three areas. Mm -hmm. Um, as a, as a new guy out of college, I tended to the spiritual part of my life very well. 
and I didn't tend to the emotional part of my life, the mental and emotional part of my life very well. And I paid a huge price in my mid thirties going through uh, suicidal depression. And so, you know, my heart would be that nobody, no young leader would ever have to go through uh, what I went through. And, um, and so that's what I would tell myself as, as well. Um, John, if I could just say one more thing about that. Yeah. While I was hearing the go around answering that question, the thing that kind of prompted in me was that I would tell myself it's worth it Mm -hmm. and to hang on, (laughs) but but the idea that it's worth it and uh, the, all the hard work, all the prayer, all the, you know, sacrifice, it's worth it. So want to say want to say one uh, quick thing as well that um being very transparent here john knows about this but um been here 15 years and about seven or eight years into being here i inherited a church uh, not to talk about it a lot but i inherited a church that had gone through an embezzlement um had about two million dollars in indebtedness and when i got here had under 100 people but i knew god had called me here um and things began to move about year three um, but I found myself at about year six and seven, where I was uh, coming in, you know, eight or nine in the morning, but I was staying through to a nine at night. And that was Monday, Friday. And it's just, I burned out, I hit year seven. And I can literally say that people didn't know it. Even my closest staff, my staff said, we thought you acted a little different, but we just thought maybe you're going through a little bit of a hard time. But year seven, I hit a four year period of depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, lasted four years and it was uh, even went to the point of clinical um where my my uh, spirit-filled doctor and go to him and talk to him and and i just told him i don't know what's wrong with me because i had never i had never faced depression in my life and of course you have some blues or whatever but um my my wife didn't understand it because it was totally odd to see it from me and my kids surely didn't understand it um but i went to my spirit-filled um you know, doctor, he said, Mike, this is what's going on. He said, yeah, I bet you're not sleeping. I said, I'm not, I'm staring at the ceiling all night long. And so he put me on a journey to get back. And and the reason why I say all that is your podcast, even though it talks about so many different issues. One thing that I love it from both of you is you, you deal with the emotional part of a person's, of a pastor or leaders. Um, and I love that we are a three-part being and if one's not healthy, the others, the others aren't going to be healthy. And I had to get to a point where I admitted in myself, Mike, you're trying way too hard. And I, and, um, in some ways I didn't even realize it, but somebody came to me and they said, you're dealing with pride. And I went, what are you talking about? He said, you think it has everything to deal, do with you. It doesn't mm-hmm. it's everything to do with God. And so when I made that exchange and said, God, you want to see how I'm first succeed far more than I do. And I surely want to see it succeed. That right there did a paradigm shift in my life. But your podcast really ministered to the psychological part, too. You're so healthy. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to tell you personally, that's how I met you, John. We were at district mm-hmm. council. We went out to lunch, you and your wife, my wife and myself, and heard your journey. And I knew it was a God thing right there that, you know, you were put into my life because uh, I don't know how many times hearing you talk about how you journey through that came out on the other side better and stronger um that's happened in my life and i still have to and i don't know if you would echo this but i know in my own life i still have to be careful oh, yeah. I know those areas are that could take me back down again but it's uh, your training and your knowledge and not only sympathy but empathy because you've gone mm-hmm. through uh, don't ever discount what 
when you talk about that on your podcast, the difference that is making in people's lives, because it's, it's mm-hmm. making a difference in my life. Thanks so much for that, Mike. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I would just, I would just agree with what you said about the maintenance of it. I'm, I have to work very hard to stay well. I haven't, I haven't, it's not like this one and done thing. I got better. Uh, and I never have had to think about it again. Nope. I am on lifelong maintenance. Uh, and uh, so I want to echo what you said there. And I, and I, I hope those of you who are watching today or listening who might be struggling with depression, or maybe you've come through it, that experience and you're doing better to be vigilant, to keep doing the things that you know, you're supposed to do to stay well. So Mike, thanks for pushing up on that. I really appreciate it. Great. Well, John, why don't you land the plane today? This is our 100th episode and we've dealt with a variety of issues. We've had some great guests. We've enjoyed a conversation. Tell us, here's a question I didn't prepare you for and you're not prepared for, but I I know you're going to have the answer to you. Ready for this one? I hope so. Okay. A hundred episodes from now, we, uh, we, we, we have another conversation. We listen to what you're about to say right here. When I say, what, what do you see for the next hundred episodes? Wow. That is, uh, totally caught me off guard. I didn't know you were yeah. going to ask me that. Yeah. Um, you know, Jim, I hope that in the next hundred episodes that we can provide hope and content and, and practical you know, I'm all, I'm, I'm nothing if I'm not practical, practical behaviors that will help leaders um, become the best version of themselves possible on all levels, right? I, I want them, I want those who listen and watch, I want them to be well, I want them to be healthy. Uh, I want them to have great marriages. Uh, I want their kids to love Jesus and love the church. Um, I want them to feel confident in their calling, uh, that, that when they listen to a podcast, that it helps them not only feel more confident about their calling, but actually even feel more competent Mm -hmm. in their calling as well. Um, I, I want to see in the next hundred episodes, I, I mean, I would love to see the level of all of those things just inch up more and more. Um, that's my heart. That's my calling. You know, we're called to help leaders lead better and lead longer. One of you said it's a marathon. I think I I can't remember which one of you said that, but you said it's it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. We want them to lead longer, but we also want them to have more fun along the way. And, And I think that we have it's very easy for us to lose the fun part of what we do. Right. Because of the stuff we've got to deal with on a daily basis. But I, I truly believe that it's possible to lead better, to lead longer, and to enjoy it more. So if I could, if I could say a wish, that would be my wish for the next 100 podcast, Jim. And, you know, the reason I threw that on you at the last minute is our, our brains can prepare a carefully crafted set of words to answer something, but our hearts just blurt out what's there. Yeah. And, and I, I loved it when they said, you know, what's the next 100 episodes? You said people, you know, God, leaders, people, marriage. That's, that's who you are. And I hope that everybody, I know right here, you can see us, we're all nodding our heads because that's who you are. That's your ministry to the world. That's what God's given you, the steward. And uh, God bless you, my friend, for all that you've done. This is your dream. 
this is your effort. Like I said, my job is to show up, do rabbit trails and, and, and put a giggle in every once in a while, but it's, it's your heart. It's your wisdom that leads this. And so congratulations, John, on 100 episodes. Here's to the next 100 episodes. And, uh, uh, we have so much to talk about in, in just the, the next two I know that are coming up that's going to help people lead longer and better and, and have more fun doing it. So until that next episode, we want to say God bless all of our listeners and watchers. Uh, it's for you that we do this. want to thank all of our, our guests that are with us today. Yeah. You guys did a great job. I think we should do once a month maybe a coffee. We should all get coffee and just talk with no agenda. I, I don't know if I had to record it. It's just for me. But if it's, if it's good, let's let's air it. But, you know, the, the coffee clutch, the, the coffee clutch culture people or something. I don't know. So, there you go. yeah, but God bless you. And uh, we hope that you'll join us again. Yeah.